The conversation is a proud part of the Converge Podcast Network, and I want to give a quick shout out to our ministry partner, First 15. To go deeper into God's word today, visit first15.org forward slash converge. Now on to today's show. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network and the conversation with Adam Weber, lead pastor of Embrace Church and author of Talking With God. everybody want to welcome you to the conversation my name is Adam I am doing so well here on on this end in the midst of craziness in the midst of real things to worry about I have so many reasons to give thanks I hope and pray the same is true for you I want to encourage you today find one or two things specifically if you're struggling with worry anxiety find one or two things that you can just stop and say thank you God for this thank you God for that just to remind all of us today is a gift from God I pray that we wouldn't just wish it away. I pray that we wouldn't just try to get through it. Instead, today, we'd realize that we've been given a gift from God. And so that's my quick word of encouragement in today's episode. Uh, I'm so encouraged and excited for you to hear this. I sat down with Jeremy and AD Camp. There's a high chance that you've heard them singing. Both of them are longtime Christian musicians. Even if you're not a Christian, you've most likely heard Jeremy Camp sing on the radio. He's got a movie out about him now. That he's got, they're releasing books. I mean, so many cool things. And yet what I appreciate about both of them is they both know what it's like to suffer. Jeremy's first wife died of cancer. And so they've experienced suffering. And I think there's a richness that comes when we hear from people who have experienced true suffering. Even most recently, Jeremy's movie released the weekend that the coronavirus hit. If you've ever pursued a goal, had a dream, and that you've you've went after, and then the world turned upside down, and it kind of all fell apart, Jeremy knows what that feels like, and he just shares honest, raw emotions. And so, I, I just again, there's so much richness that we can learn from that. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. I'm sitting here with with Jeremy and AD Camp, two people who are musicians, authors, parents, humans. Just want to welcome the both of you to the podcast today. Thanks I so like much. that. I like being described as a, a humans. <laughs> very <laughs> human indeed. Very, very human indeed. Jeremy, the, I don't know if this is weird to share. Like you are actually indirectly instrumental in me impressing my now wife. So uh, really? years ago. Yeah, isn't this bizarre? I always feel weird when people tell me stuff like this. I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with this information. Thank you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, Bring it, dude. I want to hear this. I had totally forgotten. And um, my wife uh, saw it on my schedule today. And she's like, you're sent down with, with Jeremy Camp and his wife? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, he kind of like helped. Yeah. What? And I'm like, <laughs> so years ago, you, I don't know if both you were there or not. I used to help on the second stage at Life Light Festival in Sioux Falls. Okay. Yeah. And so it is my senior year of college at that time. And I'm doing that stage. And there's this girl. Uh, who is at the stage two and I know she hates the music there and I find out I find out through her sister that she she's uh, a fan of Jeremy Camp and so I'm like oh gosh I'm gonna try to get her on the side of the stage and so I did ended up being a turning point from friendship to more than that 
<laughs> so that's the most. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome, bro. That's amazing. <laughs> you're welcome, bro. <laughs> the, the funny thing, though, I don't know if this is encourage you, you Jeremy, or not, but um, actually, she was more impressed that I was connecting with AD than I was with you. Uh, uh, she's like, <laughs> she's like about right. She's like, she's like Benjamin Gate, and I'm like, that's oh my god. Awesome. <laughs> that's so good, so, dude. Anyway, that's the most awkward intro I've ever. Uh, had with anybody. We love it. I love that intro. That was awesome. So, Jeremy and Adi, if you guys just kind of give us kind of the high level, if if people have no idea who you are, kind of in a a nutshell, if you just want to share kind of the high points of your stories. Yeah. You want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. So, um, wow. We've both been involved in music to varying degrees. Myself, Jeremy's been involved more full-time for almost 20 years now. And um, we love being married to each other. We love Jesus. We love God's word. We have three beautiful children, two teenagers and an eight-year-old boy, two teenage girls. And um, we recently wrote a book together called In Unison. And then also uh, Jeremy was, he wrote a song years ago called I Still Believe. Um, He was married. Do you want to take over from here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I'll kind of, so I was married before and my wife, um, had cancer. And so three and a half months into our marriage, she went to be with the Lord. And a lot of the songs that were birthed out of that time, uh, were because of that struggle. And so, you know, I had written songs called, I still believe walk by faith. You know, I ended up signing with a record contract. And then that's where I, I met Adrian. She's from South Africa and we went on tour. My first tour was with her. Actually, I was opening up for her. She was in a band called the Benjamin Gate and I was opening up for her. That was her claim to fame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and back then it was my claim to fame. And so we ended up becoming good friends and, and she would ask me about Melissa and, and the battle and the struggle that we went through. And so we ended up um, becoming good friends and eventually of course got married. And now we've been on this journey for 16 years and it's been amazing to see guys just hand opening doors. You know, we, they finally did a movie in our life. It's called, I still believe sharing my story of me and Melissa and that whole struggle and how we met and then the grief and God's hope and faithfulness in the midst of that. And so it's been quite a, a few years because that movie just came out actually in, uh, uh, March 13th and right, right when the global pandemic was, was yeah. called. So, yeah. uh, so that was a little rough, but that's us in a nutshell. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, been married for 16 years and she's from South Africa and, happily married and we're here just kind of quarantine and sharing things that God's teaching us right now. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. Just a powerful, crazy story. Yeah. And now just like the chances of it releasing in March and then the world being turned upside down is, is just bizarre. There's so many bizarre things. Um, yeah. Just a couple quick, couple quick parts of your guys' story. Jeremy, where, where are you from originally? Did you grow up in, in uh, Christian homes and how did the music thing come about for each of you specifically? Like what was that start look like for you guys? Yeah. So I'm from Lafayette, Indiana and my, you know, I was born in a Christian home. My parents, my dad was always involved in church and you know, I really had a great upbringing. Um, my family loved Jesus and they taught me, you know, how to love Jesus. And so I love that aspect of my upbringing. I started playing music when I was probably 14, I was into sports all my life. And then uh, actually my dad taught me a few guitar chords because he always played music and led worship a lot. And so he taught me a few chords and I kind of went from there and started writing songs at that point and kind of surrendered my life to the Lord when I was 16. I said, God, I'm, I'm yours. I surrender and went off to Bible college. And that's how God kind of just started doing that work in my heart. And so that's kind of my story. In a, yeah. Did you, did you, version. 
did you end up finishing college there or um, from there? What music, how did, how did music come into the thing even more full time from there? So I went to Bible college and while I was there, um, I started playing at the school and, you know, because I played at the school, a lot of, a lot of the kids would tell their churches, Hey, you should have this, this new kid, Jeremy camp, come play at the church. And so I started playing at all these different local churches around California and just literally got opening the doors left and right for me. And, you know, of course, when I went through everything with Melissa, I wrote some really, really deep songs from that. And so it really yeah. was just kind of God's door that he was opening for me. It wasn't me kicking doors open, you know, after Bible college. And I just kept playing. And it's been, you know, really, it's been 22 years of playing out, which has been insane. So I've been doing this for 22 years. That's crazy. Last, last kind of question for you. And then I'm going to switch to 80. Um, from, from when you lost your wife to touring to writing, how quickly after was that? Cause that was really a turning point, even career wise. Is that true? Kind of around yeah, that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm trying to think. So, you know, in 2001, it was February 5th, 2001, my wife went to be with the Lord and I wrote the song. I still believe I wrote actually walk by faith. Um, one of my first kind of bigger songs, um, on our honeymoon, kind of almost as a, a cry to the Lord, you know, it was second Corinthians five, seven says we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And so that song was a big part of me kind of getting through that. And then afterwards, of course, when she passed, it was literally, I still believe was the first song I wrote, you know, it ended up being a year later, you know, after writing that song or a little over a year later that I signed with the record contract, um, because I just, you know, God kept giving me songs. And then six months later, I was on my first tour. And so really, is about a year after, you know, is when things started really taking off for me and I was able to share my testimony more in depth. So yeah, it's been quite a journey, man. Like just God's hand of faithfulness and the doors that he's opened, you know, not me kicking the doors open. And, and it's been that way ever since. And kind of crazy. Like I just, um, just as someone who's experienced some, some pain, diff- very different than what you've walked through, you know, the young version of myself that would have heard you at that concert as a sophomore or senior in college, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, wow, that's pretty powerful. But then you kind of experience yeah. more pain and heartache and you're like, oh, my gosh, like he's still hurting yeah. as he's singing these songs. Like this yeah. is still Indeed. like this is still Raw. brutal. Like this isn't cool. It's beautiful, maybe in the fullest sense. This isn't like I mean, just the the pain that you're walking through. I, I, it just really kind of changes the picture. Eighty, same questions for you. Kind of upbringing home. How did music enter into things? Um, just just that part up for you. So I was born and raised in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. Lived there until I was 19, Before, right before I turned 20. Actually, I moved to America. But um, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad led worship from time to time at our church. And so, you know, we would often sit around as a family and sing songs together. And I remember I wrote my first song when I was seven, actually. And um, I remember being very, very young and just had the desire to do music. I absolutely loved singing and I loved music. Um, My sister taught me how to sing harmonies with her. She was older than me and she was actually in a band. um, And I sold merchandise for them. And I kind of was like their little roadie, you know, but I would literally take any opportunity I could to do music. I mean, I was a part of our worship team from a very young age. I would be a part of our worship team just serving at church. And then when I was 17, one of the bands that toured with my sister uh, invited me to join their band and to be their lead singer. And it was funny, I hadn't ever done any rock music. So a lot of people in our community were like, no, she can't do it. And 
as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm going to prove them all wrong. <laughs> and so um, I joined the Benjamin Gate and we started writing songs together and started playing shows together around Port Elizabeth. And then we sent a demo to a studio in Franklin to be mastered, which for those who don't know, is just the final process of the recording process. And um, somebody at the studio took it to Forefront Records and said, hey, man, I've mastered a couple of these demos. You've got to check this band out. And so randomly one day, the, our manager got an email from Forefront Records and they wanted to sign our band. So totally a God thing. I mean, there's no ways that that happens on an everyday basis. And um, we left our hometown. We left everything when I was 19 and I moved to America with my band, The Benjamin Gate. And we played and toured around like crazy. And it was about two years, I think, into that or two and a half years into that, that I met Jeremy. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I decided he was worth sticking around for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the only, I was going to mention, the only other Saf South African um, person that I, that I know is a guy named Ken Costa. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to connect with Ken ever before. He's now based I in I haven't London. personally, but I know who he is. I've oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's one of the most amazing people that oh. I've ever met. So if you ever have a chance um, to cross paths with them, make it a, a priority to, to do so. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. I wanted to kind of give the backstory just of, of both Jeremy and AD just to set that up. Jeremy, you mentioned it, the movie, how crazy first off that that's that that's happened and taken place. What was your hope kind of from the movie? And um, was that an easy decision to make the movie? And yeah, just kind of share about that, if you would. Yeah, I'll try to make a long story short. So we, years ago, we went through the process of doing a movie on my life and it just didn't it fell through. And, you know, I've always shared my testimony. And, you know, I've written songs from it. I wrote a book called I Still Believe, sharing it more in depth. And, you know, a couple of years ago or three years ago when uh, they were doing, uh, the Irwin brothers were doing I Can Only Imagine, I was talking to John Irwin and he said, hey, we're doing a movie with Bart from Mercy Me called I Can Only Imagine on a story. And of course, at that point, I'm like, cool. I mean, I didn't, I knew who they were, but didn't really know much about them. And, and yeah. the movie hadn't come out yet. And so it was very much a... Um, hypothetical like yeah that's going to be a great movie i think we don't have a clue so it comes out and of course i can only imagine you know was the number one independent film in 2018 does smashes records and does all those crazy things yeah. and so he calls me up and said hey we really want to do you know your story and you know it definitely was it wasn't like yes right away it was more cool let's let's talk and and talk through this and we all felt like after our conversation for like four hours of an interview they did at our house that this was the right fit for all of us. And so, of course, moving forward, God just started opening up some pretty crazy doors. I mean, we had um, Lionsgate, which is a major motion picture studio, got involved and said, we want to be 100% behind this, which is huge. And so they got like Gary Sinise, who is Lieutenant Dan, you know, people know him as Lieutenant yeah. Dan, Shania Twain, KJ Appa, Britt Robertson, all those people that... Um, decided to jump on and be a part of this and just to see, you know, their hearts in it and how they put their whole heart into it. And you can tell watching the film, it was, it was incredible to see really God's hand on this in a beautiful way. And so everything was looking amazing. The film was coming out and all of a sudden, you know, the two days before it came out on Friday, they declared a global pandemic. And so it was a rough go at it because, you know, on Friday night, the first 
you know, night it was out, it was the number one movie in America. It ended up being number two movie in America for the weekend, um, right underneath Onward, a Pixar movie. And so we were seeing like, wow, this is amazing. And all of a sudden they shut down theaters. And so it, it was rough because, you know, this is something blood, sweat and tears for two years that you go through and the emotion, the warfare, all that to have that be kind of shut down was was tough. But I've really been kind of in a sense humbled because God is really you know, using this in a rad way because it's now at home. You can watch it on video on demand. And I'm hearing story after story of how God has used this and everyone's stuck in home right now. It's stuck at home with fear, anxiety, suffering right now. And here's a story that shares about those things, but shares of God being the hope in the midst of those trials and him being faithful. And so, you know, really bad timing or good timing, I would say (laughs) for the depth of what this story may do, probably good timing and people being stuck at home going, what do we do? Well, there's a a movie that talks about, I still believe, (laughs) you know, even when I cannot see, I still believe. And so, um, it's been quite a journey. And so we're just kind of, you know, it's the beginning process of the movie now and it's out in homes and it's amazing to see the effect of it so far. And and it's going to be for years to come. So I'm very thankful. And I just pray that God uses this to really bring people hope in the midst of this kind of crazy time. Yeah, Jeremy, I, I appreciate your just your honesty, and I, I can't imagine just the mix of emotions of something you've put your heart and soul in, and oh, yeah. then to have then the, I mean, just um, it, anything more you want to share just about processing those feelings, like just like yeah, and how how are you able to? I think anybody who's passionate about what they do, whether it's you know church world launching a campus and then like having it shut down from some crazy. Like, just like those things that you plan and you're like, okay, this is for you guys. Like, I didn't even want to do this thing. And then to have the kind of, you know, destroy, like annihilated in many ways of like, people can't even go to the physical theater. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it's like, what? And then you feel guilty because it's like, people are dying. I shouldn't, this shouldn't be a big deal. And yet it's like, no, it still is a big deal. Like, you know, like. And honestly, that's what it's been. You're right. It's like, I felt bad even trying to say anything because you're going people are actually literally you're right they're dying and so it's hard to go this has been really difficult but you know the first day it came out i just lost it i broke down and just wept because yeah. it was a, so much emotion involved in this and just to feel like that it was almost like this death of a a process you know or a wall that you hit when you're running at full speed um was a hard thing to swallow and and i think you know really it, it took me a while to process all that and I had my, my kind of waves of emotion for, you know, for a while actually, but I've just kind of been at the point where you know, God is a God of, of working in mysterious ways. And, yeah. you know, through disappointment, a lot of times uh, what we see as disappointment, he's using for the greater good. And I think that, you know, that's what I have to hold on to at this point that I have to trust that he cares about this and he knows yeah. that it could minister to a lot of people. And so, you know, if it's, a better way to go about it by putting in people's homes and having them discuss it and not just like go on with their life, you know, but actually have a greater depth of, of conversation because of it. Then that's, I finally had to just come to grips where for one, I'm not in control and I can't do anything about it. So you have to let go of that. And that I have to trust that God cares and knows what he's doing in this. And he does. And so, no, it wasn't easy. I had a breakdown moment and walked in a fog for a while. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm hopeful still. I really am because it's going to be in people's homes for the rest of, 
my life. You know what I mean? Like it, it's going to be perpetually yeah. playing for people. And so the impact's just going to be unknown and only God's going to know. And, and really that's all that matters. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for being honest. And yeah. j- just about, I mean, it, it's, it's, it really is bizarre. A, a story of suffering ends up coming out when so many people are suffering. Like, yeah. it was like, all right, God, but can I be like the poster child for something other than suffering and like yeah, whatever yeah. else? Yeah. <laughs> kind of what, like, what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, felt like we yeah. really had to, to live out what the movie was all about. You know, it was like, okay, yeah. we're, we're having to walk this out all over again. Yeah. You know? No, I'm grateful for that. Okay, for the rest of our conversation, I want to talk about your latest book, uh, releasing basically right now uh, in in unison. Adi, if you wanted to share like the heart behind the book, what you hope people will take away from it. Yeah, you know, it it was first of all, it was so much fun, honestly, writing together. Um, You know, often you think like, oh my goodness, we're writing a marriage book. Is this like relational suicide? (laughs) But um, we really felt like the Lord's hand was in it. I mean, to be honest with you, we felt like it was the Lord that was really calling us to do it. It wasn't like, okay, let's just try do every possible thing that we can. And so his grace was just in the writing process and all of that stuff. Um, And just to be able to tell a part of our story, you know, it, it isn't everything. And and it certainly isn't like, Hey, this is us and we've got the perfect marriage and <laughs> we figured it out. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's so much about just, yeah, how we do life together. You know, we talk about grief, we go over, you know, parenting and finances a little bit, um, and just kind of a snapshot of, of, um, our story. I think in everything that you do is having tools to give people, in order to to work through things, and I think the more tools you can have, um, like for us personally, you know, we've gleaned from so many people. You know, we're trying to be teachable, and we we, you know, kind of bit the meat from the good things that we've learned from people, and throughout the bones, you know, spit out the bones. And I think that that's one of the things that we've learned in life. And so we want to be a part of of giving people tools um, of what we've learned. And really, it's it's true. It's it's the whole book is scriptures, prayers, you know, things that we've learned through different personalities and being real and transparent. Because I think a lot of times you feel alone um, when you're married and you don't talk to people about your your situations. You feel kind of like you're on an island. And it's not true. When you start talking to people or you read a book and you start going, oh my goodness, like her, her mom, you know, Adrian's mom said something that was hilarious. She goes, man, your book was awesome. But my favorite part was when Adrian said that sometimes when you were being a jerk and she's because I see that in the book, you know, she's like, I feel like Jeremy. my mom adores Jeremy. Because her mom loves me. And she, but, she's like, you're human. But she, she finally was like, it just made me realize that you're human. And I think, I think that's the whole premise behind it. It's not like we're laying our dirty laundry out there to say, well, we don't have it together. So here you go. I'll show you. Yeah, it's yeah, more, yeah. yeah, we don't have it together. But this is what we've learned. We're going to give you tools to help deal with these different situations as much as we as much as we can, you know, with, through prayer and and things that we've learned. No, that that's that's so good. Marriage is definitely. Um, Beck and I have been married now fifteen years, and I feel like uh, we have All next right. to no, next to, next to nothing figured out. And yet, uh, man, I'm so just grateful for my wife, and and it's so yeah. true. I, I think so often we 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 don't. Uh, share kind of our, our good, bad, and otherwise with our trusted friends even. And right. there's something so powerful about saying, hey, this is where we're at. Like any advice, any thoughts, like, hey, would you guys be willing to pray for us? And um, yeah, th- that's, that's, that's so good. 
um, really kind of how I want to end is um, you guys have both experienced trials just with everything we're, we're going through right now. Any thoughts or what you'd want people to hear? Um, and even also some of the thoughts that you've been processing yourself. Like a lot of the people listening in uh, to this podcast aren't Christians. Some of them are. Um, but what would you want people to know from that? We can't, obviously, we're Christians. And so our hope is really in Jesus. Um, and throughout this trial, it just has been reminding us again that that's where our hope lies, that no matter what we go through, that he even says that he promises us that we're going to go through struggles, but he says, I'm going to be with you in those things and take heart because I've overcome the world. And I just was thinking today about how powerful it is. It's like, you know, scripture says there's that anchor um, that holds us and it's firm and secure. And I think in these times, yeah. things can be so shaky and there's so much anxiety and fear and panic. But when we trust someone that is bigger than us and bigger than our circumstances, we really can breathe a sigh of relief and just go, God, I trust you. You've got this. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's it's the understanding that what Adrian said, that Jesus never said we weren't going to go through trials anyway. So we have to understand that he actually warned us and told us, you know, but he also said, I'm going to give you all the things that you need to walk through it. I've, I've overcome the world. And I look at who Jesus is and you look from Genesis to Revelation and you look at the names of Jesus and it does. He says, I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, which is the beginning, I'm the end. I am the comfort, I'm your refuge, I'm your shield, um, I'm your provider, you know, I'm the food for your soul, you know, the water that, that you'll never thirst again. I'm the way, the truth, the life. I mean, you can go through all of God's word and realize that he is the answer to all that we need. And I think that is, you know, something we have to hold on to. And also hold on to the fact that, you know, suffering is a necessary part of our life. You yeah. know, like gold is refined through fire and purified, like the potter shaping the clay and making it a beautiful thing. The process is uneasy because he has to press it down and shift it and cut off things sometimes. And then Christ being on the cross, his suffering and what he went through is what allowed us to have freedom and allowed us to have forgiveness and allowed us to have that salvation that we need. Um, but in the end of all that, with the gold being refined and being purified with the, the potter making the beautiful thing uh, with Jesus raising from the dead, there's always life. Yeah. There's always something beautiful that comes from suffering. And that's what we have to remember. Oh, no, that's, that's so good. And I, you know, you don't wish suffering on, on anyone, but um, in my life and the, in the lives of close friends and family, what I've seen suffering do for good, uh, you wouldn't wish for it, but it's amazing how God is able to use use suffering yeah. to, to refine us and make us more like him and, and really to do something so much more beautiful than we could have ever imagined. Um, yeah. good, just, just, it's just amazing to see that. Jeremy and Adia, yeah. I'm so grateful for the both of you. Uh, if you haven't Thank done so you. yet, make sure to watch the movie, I Still Believe. Uh, go get a copy of the book in unison as well. Uh, to both of you, thank you so much for allowing God to use you. Jeremy, thanks for helping me to land my, my wife. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, the, but just so grateful for the both of you. Uh, thanks, Adam. Thank Appreciate you so it. Much. God bless you, buddy. Thanks for listening to The Conversation with Adam Weber. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. You can find more from Adam Weber on Instagram and Twitter and at adamweber.com.
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.